Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, one of the things that I myself have been doing here lately, and those who follow me on various networks may have noticed, is I have been doing a lot of other people's podcasts, um, discussing some things about business, some things about um, our podcast, trying to promote it. Um, and one of the things that was a pretty common thread that I think that by me doing this podcast with you all the time, I have almost become numb to in, in, in a way, um, is that for many people, moral conversations and conversations about God in general are uncomfortable. And there's, for whatever reason, a barrier there. And I'm not totally sure why. I have some guesses, but they're not really scientifically based by any long-term process. But the the number one thing I think about is it's almost like feels like it's a muscle that people don't use. So if you haven't done somersaults since you were four years old, you don't see a whole lot of 50-year-olds just doing a somersault down the street. Like it's not accustomed to them. So I think that that's part of that. And like I said, we discuss a podcast about God. We record it all the time. So for, for me, it's not quite something that I'm used to, but I have found that for a lot of people that I've been talking to, you know, kind of branching out of my, you know, little network bubble, um, trying to get to other people is seeing that this is something that is common with a lot of people. You know, you, you, um, you, you just find a little uncomfortable to talk about it. And, also, I was at a, a wedding that was of a different religion. Um, actually, not even totally sure what religion it was, but it felt very different than our mass. And this, I think, is another part of it because I've always had this type of feeling, and I wish I knew which kind it was. Um, but it almost felt that the the preacher up there was continually trying to go out of his way to be in my world, what would be an aggressive salesman um, in, in almost forcing people to always be on him with every point along the way. And I do not get that feeling going from the mass from the mass. I get the feeling that this is we're what 90% of the mass is quoting from scripture in one format or another. Um, so it's, it's a very different feeling. And I know myself, I don't do high pressure sales. I don't try to force people to agree with me. I actually think that it's easier to do sales when someone disagrees with me, as counterintuitive as that is. So those were the two kind of pillars I was thinking about, like, why would this be uncomfortable for people to talk about God? And the first one being they just haven't done it in a while. And the second one being they don't want to be pressure sale. Um, which is common in every person I've met, regardless of the topic. So I wanted to just kind of use this episode to kind of just break the ice, kind of try to examine this, and maybe in the examination of it, we'd be able to help some people along the way to, to get a better relationship with God and maybe talk to him again for the first time in forever. Mm. Uh, that's a great topic, Joe. Thanks for raising the point. And uh, I... Uh, like you haven't done a scientific study of this, I can just muse about some things that I think uh, often make it difficult. And uh, 
in, you know, there's a, I don't know where it comes from, but I, I, I've heard for a long time, you know, don't talk about politics and religion in polite company. Uh, And the idea being, I think that those two things tend to have strong opinions and there's a necessary uh, diversity. So, you know, you don't have fervent arguments about whether two plus two equals four uh, and other things that don't matter as much, like whether you should uh, separate a participle uh, or not, you know, English grammar is also not often a fighting point with people. And so there are things that uh, may have diverse opinions, but are not particularly deep and uh, meaningful to most people. There are other things that just have have an actual answer. You know, uh, Russia was founded on a particular date. There are so many countries in the world, uh, you know, the word in English that means this, you know, the answers to trivial pursuit questions. Um, so there are a lot of things that have concrete answers. And so they're also not things that we would end up uh, sort of fighting over. Religion uh, is, and politics uh, are, are also not unrelated, um, but those are things that people can have very strong and very different opinions over. And uh, when we get into the space of strong and different opinions, then uh, it's a risk to express my opinion, first of all, because you could shoot it down. And you might have thought about your opinion quite a bit more than I've thought about my opinion. And so when I say, you know, I think that uh, uh, federal taxes are a terrible idea, that that has been the downfall of this country. And uh, we should, you know, the the 17th Amendment or whatever it was, was the worst decision of Congress. And uh, that really uh, led things down the tubes. And you go, oh, I couldn't disagree with you more, you know, and uh So I I already posted that opinion in kind of an aggressive way. And we do that too, because we're afraid of being hurt. Um, So let me shift that into a religious space and say, uh, if I said to you, uh, Jesus Christ is the most important part of my life. And I think that he is uh, the answer to every human heart. And he's the answer to all our questions. And he is the fulfillment of our lives. Uh, Now, that's very precious truth to me. And you might think that's complete hogwash, and you're not afraid to say so. Because there's nothing in the matters of faith that there's no way to prove it. That's what makes it faith. There's no way to disprove it either. And that's really important. But we can't prove it. We can give evidence. We can back up our claims. We can give personal testimony. We can point to things in history. We can give a lot of things, but we can't ultimately prove it in the way that we can prove that, you know, China is on the other side of the world or something. Uh, there, there are other points that we can make more definitively. So when I say something, now religion tends to be very precious to us. I mean, it cuts very deep. It's really at the foundation. Ultimately, it's the foundation of our life. We, we build our lives on worship, whether we're doing it intentionally or not. But certainly if we're following a particular religion, it just goes all through us. And so for me to take the risk of expressing my religious beliefs, which I cannot prove, even if you can't disprove them, uh, you can fight them or dismiss them. And then I feel very wounded by that. So it's very vulnerable to talk about religion. And often it's very vulnerable to talk about politics, at least the kind of politics that really touches our flesh. 
you know, we could talk about the politics of immigration, but if we don't know anybody who's in, involved in immigration, it may be a degree more abstract and we can just kind of debate over these things. But when it's like uh, my mother is, uh, you know, has a green card or something and is in danger of getting deported, like it becomes a really personal discussion. And, uh, and so that's, uh, that kind of vulnerability is hard about any subject that's so vulnerable. But then I think I would, I would propose that a problem in our day is that we've really lost the ability to talk, to disagree in uh, civil terms and, and to disagree even with, with fervor and uh, conviction, but in a way that really loves and respects the person I'm disagreeing with. And I, I think back to uh, Chesterton, and I always forget who his, he had a regular interlocutor uh, 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 another person who made proposals that he disagreed with, uh, Robert Shaw, maybe something like that. Anyway, um, and he would say he would quote him and uh, Russell Shaw. That's right, uh, Russell Shaw, and and he would quote him and disagree with him. And but they were best friends. So if you just read like Orthodoxy, Chesterton's work Orthodoxy, you'd think, oh man, you know, he like tears this guy apart. He totally dismantles all his arguments. Yeah, but they were they were also best friends. They'd go out for a beer afterward and they'd spend time together. And, and that's the thing that we've really lost the capacity for. Mm-hmm. I think we see it in, you know, I'm not involved in Congress directly, obviously, but I hear stories about um, the inability to just have conversations across the aisle that after debating fervently about some point, the guys can go out and get a beer together and and just be human together and talk with each other. That we've... Uh, We've, we've really created such a rift between differing points of view on subjects that legitimately have differing points of view, uh, which religion does and politics do, that, that we've lost the ability to uh, have the kinds of conversations that, uh, that you're describing, where I can share my faith and I can let somebody else share their faith. And we can we can start by trying to understand each other rather than starting by disagreeing and tearing each other down. And, and what a beautiful point there! Yeah, it, it, that's certainly. I think it's what you said there in the beginning. It, it's it's a fear of being vulnerable. Um, it's a fear of being being exposed and, and hurt. So I think that that all of us somewhere inside of us have the. I'd rather just avoid pain than than forcing through it because as you said there, it can't be proven. So the thought process could be, well, what's the upside? And the upside is what I think the goal of this podcast has been the whole time has been to show the actual practical applications of having a faith life, you know, what it does for you. Um, you know, we've recorded what for seven or five since 2017. So for five years now, I don't think I've ever once seen you like horrifically angry. I've seen you mad about something stupid I've said, um, <laughs> but I've never seen you horrifically angry. And I think that there's just a great centering that happens um, through living essentially the virtues as we've discussed it, you know, especially with, with, in my mind, temperance. I think that's the one that I was the worst at when we were going through the virtue series, um, whenever we did a couple of years ago. Um, particularly on the humility side and, and the way that, that I've been pushing myself through there has been through fasting. You know, that was one of the, uh, the ways of strengthening that virtue. And then it's amazing how all the sub virtues kind of got better too. patients kind of became a little easier because I was used to tolerating 
pain because I was hungry. And then it became, well, I can tolerate this. You know, maybe it's a little bit easier not to get upset the first time that something doesn't go my way. And then, you know, does it give me the courage to speak out? That being its own complete different, you know, virtue there. And then to learn more, you know, that's, you know, reading books about saints, as you said, reading the Bible, having conversations about it, that that's all, you know, prudence and important of getting better. And, you know, I, I think about this and these are all things that at the end of the day, we kind of want our children to be. We don't want our children to freak out the first time they don't get what they want. Uh, I'm at the point now where Joey is doing that. You take a toy away from him, he just loses his mind. And do I want him to be like that his whole life? No. Um, like, that's a fact. Now, can he talk yet? Can he say prayers yet? No, but we can say them with him, around him, to try to start this base. Do I want him to become smarter? Yes. You know, do I want him to be willing to speak up when he sees something that, you know, he doesn't think is right? Yes, of course I want all this. And then the stem of all this is I want him to have faith, you know, at, at the end of the day. So... To me, like that's the part. Like, like people are afraid to tell someone you're doing it wrong, and I think that that, that becomes so personal that I don't want to be told I'm doing it wrong. And then at the same time, there's also this—I uh, don't know what the right word is—guilt um, pit in your stomach when you know something isn't right, and, and, and you feel it's because of something you did, but. When it's something you're not doing, it's very hard to detect. You know, um, I, I, I've seen this a lot because I buy houses from estates a lot um, where, you know, the daughter will be selling the house to me and she'll be showing me around, you know, her mom's house or her grandma's house and what be it. And she'll be like, something's different about this room. I don't know what it is, but there's something different about it. And it'll be that, you know, someone took away some couch or some clock or something or something that's not there. But as human nature, we have a hard time detecting what we're missing, but we can feel it inside of us. It just feels like something's off. And I think that talking about religion to some people is an indication of that, that there's something that's off. And I don't know how to fix it, but I just know something's wrong. And normally it's, you don't even know the cause. You just know something's wrong. So to me, I wanted to kind of discuss that because I think that that's something we, we live with a lot. Yeah, uh, that's a really well said. I, I like that comparison of feeling something is wrong without being able to put your finger on it and name it. And, uh, we are missing a lot of things, and uh, certainly a religious practice is one of them for a lot of people. Uh, so how do we get here? Uh, you know, religion has done itself no favors in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, religious figures, religious leaders have a lot of power and have used that power in, in bad ways. Uh, the, the sex abuse crisis is obviously a particularly horrible expression of it, but but the abuse of power in moving people rather than addressing problems, covering things up rather than dealing with things, but also the power in like shaming people into certain behaviors. And, you know, the pastor can rant and rave up at the, the front of the church and, 
it becomes a bully pulpit that nobody can say anything back to him. And there's a whole cast of sensitive people who develop uh, guilt neuroses around that. And there's a whole cast of angry people who uh, in former days, because the social pressure was so strong to go to church, they found a way to go to church and check out and be angry about it. Now they just walk out. Uh, people just aren't going to deal with that. And it's uh, the social pressure around participating in religion has r relaxed uh, significantly. There's no shame that people feel around not going to church on Sundays anymore for the most part. Um, and so it's made it a lot easier to just walk out, to stop coming, to you know, lose a sense of purpose. And so it's a much greater challenge for us to, to evangelize, to tell people there's a reason for this. And it's not just because your mother did it or because that's what polite people do. There's a, there's a reason in terms of your eternal salvation. There's even a reason in terms of your human thriving that it really makes a difference. But we have to kind of make the case and witness to the case. And then we also have to stop abusing religious authority. It's, you know, tempting to say heavy handed things in order to force somebody else to do something. And, you know, you will find ways to both take away the toy from Joey and also love him such that he isn't losing his mind uh, because his, his whole life was dependent on that toy and, and understands that you're Anyway, what, what all of this stuff is there, but you have to kind of figure out what his distress is too. Um, is it just about the toy or is there something else, some other meaning attached to that particular toy or the fact that just the fact that you're taking it away from him, he's experiencing some form of rejection from you. And that's actually the most painful thing. So there's a, there's always subtleties in these, you know, different behaviors. And we're always trying to kind of put the right model on the right situation. So um, as religious leaders, we have to be, uh, sensitive to where people are, why they came and why they walked away and why they ought to come back again. And that starts with discussions, uh, which, as you point out, we're, we're not great at, we don't have a good culture around it. And, uh, and there tends to be a bit of resistance to it. And, you know, I have to, I, I live in this kind of odd space. I mean, I'm dressed in a religious habit, and I, I'm never not dressed in it. And so I'm proclaiming to everybody that I'm a religious person, and I'm still uncomfortable bringing up these subjects. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, there really is such a heavy social pressure against it uh, because people are discomfortable, just uncomfortable. I'm sensitive to other people's discomfort, and so I don't want to just say, "Hey, what religion are you?" Uh, nor do I want to just start spouting off about, you know, doing the hard sell, like you said, uh, brother, do you believe in Jesus? I got to tell you about, you know, and uh, those kinds of things turn me off a little bit. Although, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, maybe they shouldn't. And I, I need to, you know, develop, we all need to develop our own way of bringing up these subjects. I think that's one takeaway is uh, there are polite ways to ask things. And I, you know, I've started to do it a little bit more like in a restaurant, somebody's, comes up to me and I have a long beard and I have a long black habit and they'll say, um, I'm just really interested in, you know, like what's, what does this mean? And I love that they asked and I'll say, well, I'm a Roman Catholic priest and also a Benedictine monk. And then I'll turn it right around and say, what are you? Do you go to a church? Um, no, they, you know, uh, so those are just little ways, you know, and I had to kind of learn that over time. I, I, would look for opportunities to witness without asking anything from them. But the fact is people are more willing to share something 
if they know that you're going to receive it in an open way. And I'm genuinely curious. And I say it in that way to them, you know, tell me about yourself. Do you go to a church? And I say it just with that tone of voice. And that doesn't sound threatening. And so anyway, I think all of us can find ways to raise the topic of religion and share our own religious beliefs. And if we're uncomfortable or uncertain what our religious beliefs are, probably it's good to figure that out. That would be a, another takeaway. Um, and, you know, find some ways to do that. And what a perfect note to end today's episode on. So we, we hope that this kind of opens up the, the gap make it easier to have a conversation with someone, you know, probably someone who's close to you. Um, it's probably the easiest person to go to, you know, someone who you know is already kind of already accepting to you. And, you know, if they've walked away or distanced themselves for whatever reason, just kind of try practice. These are practice on people, you know, that people you don't. Um, so that's just a fact of life. So hopefully this, like I said, we hope that this helps everyone. And one of the ways that you can do that is by helping to share us and help us grow. So you can hit that with any share button and regardless of which podcast app you're listening to us in. And we thank you for helping us in advance. So thank you guys very much. And we'll be with you again next week.